radio. Oh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, you would know. I, I would. Former, I would. Uh, it's it's a lot of pressure because there's no filtering. You can't uh, you can't delete your pauses and yeah, awkwardness. You can't f- delete it. <laughs> no, you cannot. <laughs> and, well, you know what? They did have a safety in check because you mm-hmm. know it was a bunch of college students. So if you there was like a I think it was a three second delay. Yeah. And so if you wanted to, you could, like, if you said something you weren't supposed to say, there was a giant red button, and they called it the oh sh button. Because if you said you, that, they did the button. And you could, yeah, you could press that button, and it would delete the past three seconds. So could you just, like, hit it over and over, or is it a one-time use thing, and then they just pull you? It was like a one-time use, and then it took the next, like, I think five to ten minutes for it to gain back up that delay okay and then and then you had it back so you had to be careful (laughs) yeah yeah you couldn't say multiple stuff in a row and then they told you like if they heard you on the air cursing you're done then you you were done because the fcc FCC, yeah yeah the fcc they would find the school like a ton of money i kind of paid attention when i was in class actually my favorite so my favorite um cursing on the air story i think i've i might have told you before um it was in the wake of the boston marathon bombing which happened when we were in school yeah it was i want to say it was it was the next red sox game after the after the bombing and uh big poppy david ortiz he gets on the microphone which was already a mistake the man he's a very emotional man probably known to not have a filter he gets on the microphone and he just he gets going he just goes this is our city live (laughs) across like i want to say that game was on abc so it is broadcast across the country everyone like we talked about it in class because i was in journalism school at the time we were just like what's gonna happen what do we do and then i think it was like a tuesday thursday class so that was tuesday and thursday we talked about it again the the chair of the fcc had said on twitter he was like no you're right like you're in the clear we're with you and i was like that's the most baller move Wow. From the chair of the FCC. He's just like, I do not care that you said the F word live on national television. Situationally, we're good. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. He got lucky there. Yeah. Well, I mean, what are they going to do? Because if they clamp down on him in that moment, they're the bad guy. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. Nope. No, no, no. No superheroes here. Just Jay and John. Welcome to the nerdiest podcast you'll ever hear. They didn't ask us. Welcome back to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. I am Jay, and with me, of course, is my co-host, Indigo Dingleberry. Okay, no, that one hurt a little bit, mainly just because... Like in- yeah, Indigo. I mean, come on now. How you of doing, all of the Of all of the lantern colors, I feel like that's... It's not full bottom of the barrel, because who wants to be orange? Indigo, I feel like, is such a cop-out, because it's like, oh, we can do anything. Look at us. Ooh. But once you're orange, you never want to be anything else. Yeah, why do you think I don't like the University of Tennessee? Got him, Meta. Ouch. Man, that starts next weekend. <laughs> Blood runs orange in this family. You should get that checked out. Oh, no. It's That's... it's pure, man. It's pure love. <laughs> my, so so my mom is a, is a huge Kentucky fan, and they just, their, their thing for as long as I can remember has been, we bleed blue. Yeah. And I'm like, 
this could be because I'm a nerd, obviously. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you know that. But I've always just kind of thought really oddly about that. Because it's like, mm-hmm. if you bleed blue, like, something's not right. She probably... That's that's not a natural color to bleed. Yeah. Like, I understand the metaphor. Don't get me wrong. It's not something I would take pride in and be like, yeah, I have, like, crazy mutant blood. Like, I'm going to be studied by science. Like, I'm not about that. Yeah. Usually that's, like, a sign of, like, a cyborg, isn't it? Cyborg blood, typically, like, a blue color or usually just some kind of unnatural yeah color just not red so maybe all football fans are cyborgs that'll explain a lot all right they can't go against their programming that's why you <laughs> never see somebody change teams but you do bandwagon oh. fans you never see true fans change teams i said it yes no you're right <laughs> well played sir well news this week uh let's jump into it because we don't have a lot of news but we've got a lot of big heavy news first off let's start with mandalorian season two not only has that been announced october 30th which we talked about last time but now we have a new trailer and i liked it a lot because nothing at all is revealed about the series in that trailer that's reassuring because uh you know confession time uh, i haven't watched it yet (laughs) oh my god you know what? You should watch it like right now as we're as we're live. Like go ahead and watch it. Well, let's find. Let's put it on the Let's put it on the good monitor. I bought a monitor this week, so I'm really excited. It has 7.7 million views. Okay, so far it's just loud. Why is the why is the gate of the ship open? That's not what you want. I feel like you'd be sucked out. Mm-hmm. There she is. And there she's not. That's got to be as close as we get to confirmation of Jedi. Of Ahsoka, yeah. You know how Marvel and slash disney has always been really good about taking out parts of a trailer to make you think that something else is happening Mm -hmm. i wonder if that was a like in the show if that's going to be ahsoka and then she's just gonna disappear into the crowd yeah i think it is i feel like that's as close as we get to confirmation (laughs) that's funny when they're at the the Gamorrean guard fighting and he does the the little angry bird thing whatever they're called uh-huh angry birds that's what i'm calling what were they what were they actually called because it was something like think, that it just wasn't that it, yeah i think it was called like it was whistling something oh yeah that's right i mean you know if if the shoe fits angry i, I like angry birds though <laughs> i mean i knew it was wrong but it fit so <laughs> I knew exactly what you were talking about. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I like that. I, I feel like I had seen this before, but it's still weird to me how TIE Fighter wings fold. How they open and close, you mean? Yeah. Oh, the TIE Fighters. The TIE Fighter wings oh, fold. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still yeah. super weird to me. He gets in a fight with some X-Wings. Pretty excited about that. But, yeah. Nothing nothing to make me just sit here and be like, is it October 30th yet? Short of just, you know, wanting another month of this godforsaken year to pass by. <laughs> right. Oh, and the cat just burst through. Hi, door. Bailey. Bailey, I'm I'm recording. Can you get out of here, please? Nope. Bailey says I don't want to. I liked the subtle changes. You know, I like how they kept the same. Like, uh, I love how Yoda. I'm not going to call him Yoda anymore. Let's call him proper. He's the child. I no, like how the child still baby Yoda now and forever. I like how the child looks up at him whenever something bad is about to happen or questionable happens. And then, uh, yeah, I love the scene. He presses the button himself to close the the gate because he yeah. knows he knows what's oh, about to happen. <laughs> There's about to be some crazy stuff about to happen. And I've then I love the, the subtle. I love the subtle change to the title too. Uh, with 
it being Mandalorian, but then he's got the child beside him in mm-hmm. the logo. Yeah. Uh, I really like that, just to show that he's not alone anymore. Like, he's got somebody with him. Yeah, just the the progression of, you know, from season one to season two. What's the, what's the like, the, not dismemberment, but the disappearing gun when you just obliterate people? Oh, yeah. He doesn't have his rifle anymore. He didn't. I didn't, yeah, you're right. I didn't see that. Because that rifle, uh, like, it it full-on disintegrates people. Yes, it does. I feel like that's something. Death by disintegration. That's something I would keep around. Uh, especially if I was going to be one of the most wanted people in a galaxy. Because boy, is he ever. Mm-hmm. Throw some sass in there. Still super hyped about Gotham Knights. I'm so, so, so excited about that movie. I almost said movie, game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that movie slash game as well. Because let's be honest, it's going to feel like a cinematic event. Oh my gosh, the the cinematics and the cutscenes in a game like that, if they have that much time to do them well, they will look better than any DCAU movie. I, I will say that. It's kind of weird because especially with movies not being talked about all that often anymore, the release dates keep being pushed back over and over again. Mm-hmm. it has gotten to the point where even I'm more excited about video game releases than I am about movie releases. Well, I mean, so. even that even that is kind of risky because like we've seen with Cyberpunk, like right. video, video games can still get pushed back too because Cyberpunk but, 2077 was supposed to come out like holiday last year and then it was supposed to come out in March and now it's that's su- true. supposed to come out, I think, November of this year, but, you know, fingers crossed. Unless you're like me who waits like, six years to play oh i can't i can't say anything i do that too that came out six years ago the division fully enjoying that game love it so much it's great i played it last night for a solid two hours i didn't mean to play it that long but it does that i put everybody to bed and started playing and the next thing i know i'm like whoa it's 12 30 i need to go to bed which uh which campaign missions are you running right now i'm still just building up the the, the main base. base yeah okay i will say the one that you're probably going to run the most and rerun the most especially if you get with a with a crew of people you're gonna run lex so much yeah it's a blast man it really is so i highly recommend it if anybody has xbox right now you can get it and you have a if you're a gold member you can get it for free so well and even if you're not an xbox gold member like you said, that game's like six years old. You can probably get it cheap on Steam or the PS Store, too. Is it on Steam well, or is it? One thing that I really enjoyed, too, was Ubisoft had like a huge sale on all their games recently. So I almost got Assassin's Creed Odyssey. But then Ooh. I remembered that I'm married and have a child, so I should probably have a life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's too big. It is I actually, can't handle that. It is still $30 on Steam. That's actually very upsetting. That really says a lot about that game, though. Yeah, I mean, it is It is a good one, though. So I'm going to shut the door. The cat busted open, and then on top of that, now I can hear everything outside. They're watching TV and the babies. Doing baby things. Eat. Not a, not a whole lot. Poop and sleep. <laughs> Living the dream. Smiling when he has gas. Aren't we all? Wouldn't it be funny if we still gave it away like that, even as adults? We just I mean, had this grin come across our face. I feel like some people do. <laughs> just like you can tell. Like if you if you looked across a crowd of people, I feel like if one per like if there were ten people and one of them was farting, you might be able to guess who that one person was. That's true. It's like it's like the usual suspects, but instead of like 
who committed a crime, it's who farted. Where is this conversation gone? Well, speaking of video games, because we're uh, been so excited about that, Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy is coming out next year. Trailer was released, uh, I think, just a couple days ago, actually. It was Thursday in the PlayStation event. Now, it's not just going to be a PlayStation exclusive. It is going to be on all of the consoles give sony some special attention i'm sure they paid a lot of money for that but uh looks pretty awesome played it for my played the trailer for my wife and even she was like yeah i uh might actually have to get into video games because of that that's exciting yeah i feel like a harry potter video game is so hard to do well well i feel like it's long overdue the reason it would be long overdue is because it's so hard to do well like a star wars game is effectively just hack and slash mechanic that has been around for a long time like even there are magic elements in elder scrolls and they typically work fairly well but the precision of like the swish and flick you can't do that on a controller and that's do it true, justice. Yeah. There's so much more precision in a in a game in a Harry Potter universe. It's not like Star Wars blasters when you're just like pew 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 because lasers go in a straight line and you're just like bang bang bang. I'm hesitant because I want it to be good, but I'm scared that it won't be. A high expectation for it only because the wizarding world has gotten so much bigger since really. I mean, let's be honest, book four was really when the wizarding world itself, you started realizing, you know, even Harry says, I don't know why I never considered that other countries would have a wizarding school and that there really is like a larger world to just Hogwarts. And so that's one of the things I'm really going to enjoy about it is that you're not just exploring Hogwarts, you're also going to be exploring the magical world itself. So I'm I'm excited to see how it works. Um, so a lot of I mean I'm I'm assuming it's gonna be it's gonna be open world. I wouldn't think it would be too much. Probably just the surrounding lands of Hogwarts. I would assume. Also, I'm curious if you play through all seven years. <laughs> do, you Ooh, have, do you have to? Do you take actually the have tests? to take tests? Yeah. Do you have to take the owls? And if you fail, are you just like banished? Yeah. <laughs> they take your wand. Oh man, that would be, I feel like you couldn't do that without some type of mechanism to just like force pass people. Because could you imagine if you had put like two or three years into this game and then you get to the owls and it's just like, oh, yep, nope, your character's dumb. (laughs) You fail into the game, start over. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) It's 2023, (laughs) I'm going to play, what would that be, like? still gta 5 because 6 will never come out (laughs) or elder scrolls because oh my gosh skyrim because they have said that the next one is probably not going to come out for a long time i saw they announced that the other day i mean they keep they keep they keep porting skyrim onto like ridiculous things so it's like can you realistically can you play skyrim on a refrigerator yet possibly because refrigerators are getting like where they have like full tablets in the door Uh uh-huh and I feel like Skyrim is on Android and iOS by now. It has to be, right? I, I don't it's know. On, it's on literally everything else. And, I'm like, and they just keep creating more mods and more updates, but they never release a new game. I don't even think they're the ones who create mods. I think those no, are... No, they aren't. It's community. So the community will do... Sometimes they're like, sometimes they make sense and they're like texture mods and things like that. But sometimes it's like, uh, I think I told you about my favorite mod in Fallout. Yeah. The John Cena Rocket Launcher. Yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes you get on the mods and you're like, oh, that is disgusting. Like why, why are people so perverted that they've got to make something like that? 
Well, I mean, so. to get away from that train of thought, uh, and speaking of train of thought, um, there's one, I think it's in Skyrim. It might be Oblivion, I don't know, but it's one of the Elder Scrolls games that turns the dragon into Thomas the Train. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's frightening. <laughs> so he's like the, the big bad, so to speak, and he just like decimates these villages. Dude, instead dude, of... Dude. Does that music play too? <laughs> I think so. Because that would be but even I, like, better. Instead of the dragon fire, it's just like a train horn. <laughs> and he's just, like, mowing through people. Oh, man. You know, I bet there's a mod where every time you do a shout, you pro- like you can get your character to say something different. I should look that up. Hesitantly. You should look that up hesitantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, did you see the... Uh, speaking of video games, I'm going to stay on this train. Um, have you seen the footage for the Miles Morales Spider-Man? I watched, I don't know, I don't think it was a cinematic, I think it was early gameplay. Okay. And it looked very interesting. It did. It looked, because the difference between Miles and Peter is not entirely suit, uh, because obviously they're two different people, but a lot of Miles' abilities in the gameplay that I saw were much more electricity-based. There was a lot of electricity going on there. So, normally you save that kind of electricity for the love interest, but I mean, I guess you can use it for the wave defense villains as well. Get out. <laughs> but it, I mean, it looked really good in terms of, like, quality. The the yeah, graphics were good. The It looked very precise, because it was multiple in-air combos. And, I mean, I haven't played the first Marvel Spider-Man yet. Uh, I have it. I have a... I have it. I'll show it to you. It's on my desk right here. So you haven't you haven't even you haven't played it at all. I have it on my hard drive, and I haven't uninstalled it for Call of Duty yet. So uh, there's hope. So there's a, it's at least that important to you. Yeah, I've I've definitely kept space for it because COD has overtaken my hard drive. I have a two terabyte hard drive, and I've had to start deleting stuff for Call wow. of Duty. Wow, Th- that's impressive. terrifying. Yeah, it's scary. I'm gonna, I'm going to be honest. I went through your game list on xbox the other day just to see like what all does john actually have you have so nothing much. new nothing <laughs> no new. nothing new but good gracious you've got a lot because i have i actually have my 360 right here and i can plug it up to my capture card and that like i can play 360 games on stream now and it's super fun because that means i don't have to rebuy them and because they're on my 360 i have all my saves and stuff so yeah i i have played a lot of games well moving on from video games uh she hulk which is an official show coming to disney plus has found its star they're going to be using orphan black's star tatiana Missolani. Mis- uh that's as close as i could probably get but uh so she is a good actress especially have you ever seen Orphan Black? I haven't, but I've heard incredible things. So I didn't, I couldn't really get into the story all that much, but I was impressed by her acting because what basically the 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 basic storyline of Orphan Black is she is she thinks an individual and an original and unique, but then she realizes that she's actually a clone, and she's got many clones that live in this world. And so she herself plays all these different clones, but all these different clones have different personalities, different characteristics, different hobbies and tastes, and she does an excellent job in pulling off, like, she really, it really does feel like a different person. Like, it doesn't feel like the same 
actress playing there's a anyway so she's she's a great actress so i I think that she you know there's a lot of potential there for her to to play she hulk which we've discussed a little bit in just how she hulk is kind of meta so in a lot of ways it, it could be a very funny very comical show almost like deadpool but cleaner so what do you what do you think she-Hulk. Think I, it's got potential? Absolutely. I absolutely think it has potential. Um, it's not... She-Hulk is not a character that I have a lot of knowledge of. So, you know, I can't sit here and say, like, you know, for 20 years, She-Hulk has been this, and recently she's been this. Uh, I can't do that. I can say I'm excited. Uh, you know, I want to see the... The thing that intrigues me more than anything with a lot of the uh, Marvel shows is what happens is is the character development when they're not a hero. I think the the character of She-Hulk, I think she's also a lawyer. Yes. So, I'm interested to see like how it would compare to like Daredevil, like in in that in in that aspect, like would they would their characters, non-hero personas, would they get along, you think? Both as lawyers who are also superheroes? Cuz it question. makes you wonder, it makes you wonder if they would butt heads, but then like at night well, I mean, Daredevil mainly does at night. She-Hulk, I imagine, does stuff during the day. But, like, if they ever teamed up, what if they, like, what if they were on opposite sides of a case, but then also <laughs> teaming up to fight a villain? Ooh. That dynamic, I feel like, is really interesting. Yeah, that would they, have some they potential have to have right the, there. the professionality to be like, no, okay, 9 to 5 stops at 5, and we have to, you know defeat this baddie i don't even know who who hulk villains are other than like the abomination and i don't i definitely don't know who she hulk villains are yeah me neither i'm clueless there no i'm i'm for real very excited speaking of superhero team-ups spider-man and daredevil is a team-up that i want to see so bad absolutely rather see spider-man and deadpool would you because they're so different. Because Spider-Man is this friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, this so incredibly PC, safe character, and Deadpool is not. But he's such a Spider-Man fanboy. Yeah. Like he's such a big fan. And just the dynamic of the two of them, like just imagining Peter being like, "Wait, you killed that guy," and he's like, "Oh, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, I won't do it again." Uh, Wade, you killed that guy too. Yeah, that one's my bad. Just like that back and forth <laughs> dynamic because they're both witty. One's a serial killer. <laughs> what do you do? Well, there's that plane again. Oh, sure. So You just smiled real loud. Are you sure you don't have gas? I need to get that checked out Blaming if that's it what on I plane. sound like. <laughs> Blaming it on a plane. Come on now. <laughs> the thing that I would like to see, because the, the reason why Daredevil and Spider-Man team up in the comics is because when spider-man had the symbiote on him um the symbiote learned a lot of his spider powers and then when he went on to eddie brock that's why eddie brock is able to spin webs and has the big white tarantula on his chest but then what what also happens is spider-man's sense doesn't kick up whenever eddie brock is around so venom is able to get the jump on him and so spider-man isn't able to dodge him and do what he normally does because his spider sense doesn't work with him so daredevil and spider-man team up because daredevil teaches him how to sense everything around him you know and not actually using his sight Mm -hmm. but using everything else and so i mean it would be certainly be a more serious role but I would just like to see that happen. So given that given that Charlie Cox is Daredevil, who by all accounts, right, it's fairly unanimously is excellent. 
Oh, without a doubt. Um, but with the Marvel Netflix stuff just kind of being washed now, do they bring in Charlie Cox for Disney Plus stuff? Or do they just try to recast and say, no, this is ours. This is going to be our TV 14. We're going to completely redo everything. Because they got to they keep him. I would hope so. He was too good. And at the same time, like, would that be a, would that be like a one-off, like a one-hour like Spider-Man and Daredevil working together situation? Because there's so much world building that would have to go into that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, anything is possible now because the creative power of of Marvel run by Disney. Any like, no plot is off limits. I don't think. Uh, we're we're about to enter a whole new world as far as the Marvel universe goes. Um, just because. Now we do have the TV shows that will tie into the movies, but kind of like what we've said in the past, Disney's going to have to be really careful with that Mm -hmm. because there might be a lot of people that don't watch the shows and only watch the movies. And so you don't want to build too much plot in the shows that you have to watch the shows in order to understand what's going on in the movies. I disagree. I I honestly, so John is on video right now and he turned his head to the side and scratched his eye but it literally looked like you shoved your finger so far up your nose. Yep, that's me. No, I, I'm not used to wearing glasses because I don't have to. But when I sit at screens, I have blue light glasses that I try to wear as much as I can. Oh, nice. So they just I need make to get some too. They make my face feel weird. But your face I, is weird. Thank you. It's one of the nicest things anyone said to me this morning. Because it's one of the only things anyone has said to me this morning. Aww. I got up before Meg was awake. It's fine. I disagree. I think you absolutely want to put very important inter-movie plot details in the TV show to encourage people to watch the TV show. Because that was one of the... I will say that is one of the reasons I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ended up crashing and burning is because it was ultimately non-essential. It was characters no... Like, not nobody cared about, but they weren't major characters that everyone cared about. Yeah. So, like, I tried to watch that show. I watched, like, two seasons, and I still couldn't get into it. Even with the big picture tie-ins of, you know, what happens with Winter Soldier in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. is destroyed and this and that, it's impacted by the movies, sure, but they're not super tied together. And Mm. I think that is ultimately a mistake that they will rectify with these Disney Plus shows. I mean, they've already said they will because like WandaVision, WandaVision, they've already come out and said will directly lead into Multiverse of Madness. So did we did we just disagree on something? I I think so. (laughs) But it was so (laughs) doesn't happen all too often. It was so amicable that it was like, I mean, they're both they're both points and they both have merit. So, well, we'll see. I. I mean, I think you're right. I, I mean, I think you have a good point. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did kind of fall apart because you didn't really care to watch it because you were like, well, they would throw in things every now and then, you know, like, here's Captain... Oh, hey, remember Thor? They would just kind of drop his name or... Well, they had they had Sif for a couple of episodes, but then they got kind of messed over because the actress who played Sif was like nah I don't want to be this bit part in a show when I can be my own show so she left and was in oh what was that show called it was when the the woman was found in Times Square and she was dead but had all the tattoos but she wasn't dead and she used the tattoos to refine her memory or something I don't know you know what I'm talking about yeah yeah so the the main actress of that show is the same actress who played Lady Sif and that's 
really the real reason why you never saw her come back in anything was contractual. So, like, you would have characters that would tie in. They were never compelling enough. Like, they brought in all of the Inhumans. They had Inhumans. And I'm still just like, no, I don't care. I tried to watch the Inhuman show. Didn't care. It's just... It was not ideal. Well, speaking of something that's not ideal, oh, the topic for today. Oh my gosh! Actually, <laughs> so today, before before we get into that, can I talk for a second about the Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War Alpha? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Go so ahead. we 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 spent a, a decent chunk of time talking video games on this episode, and um, this past weekend, so it'd be that weekend of September eighteenth, the Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War Alpha was released on PlayStation exclusively for free. No pre-order required, nothing. You just go to the store, download it. I think it was like 23 gigs, which is not small. And you said just for PlayStation? Just for PlayStation. So the thought is probably two weeks to go through bug reports and stuff. There'll be a closed beta. That would put it to the middle of October. And then two weeks after that, will probably be an open beta, which will be the weekend before launch. Um, that, that That's not confirmed. That's just my thought. Um, so you had, I think it was three SMGs, three ARs, two tactical rifles, which is a, a kind of a DMR-based category. Sniper rifles, shotguns, launchers, handguns, perks, three maps, and two game modes you had 6v6 and two 12v12 maps and i mean it's call of duty multiplayer you know for the most part it's learning the maps learning the best guns that work on each map the the perks i feel like are wonky in the sense of they're the same perks that we've had for years um like flak jacket and cold-blooded and these things that are very similar, but they're always going to be a little bit different. So the the ghost change that they've made um, is for ghosts to work, you have to be moving, which is one of the big complaints people have had with Warzone, because with Ghost and Warzone, you don't show up on UAVs or heartbeat sensors or anything. You can just camp in a building. No one will know you're there, and you can just obliterate people. And it's not a fun gameplay experience to get killed by a camper. So the the twist that they made is you have to be moving for ghosts to work and i feel like that's brilliant the gunsmith mechanic is still there they added that into um modern warfare 2019 it had been in other games just not called that and the thing that i love that they added to gunsmith this for this game is they tell you the percentage things change so So, each mod that you put on your gun changes it yeah in some way yeah and you notice this a little bit in a game like The Division um, when it tells you the percentages that things change. But in The Division 2, one of the ways that they, they messed with the mods is that it tell, most things have a pro and a con. As opposed to the first game when mo- they only have pros. So it's just balancing, like, do you want to do a full crit build or do you want to do health on kill or, like, all of those different dynamics and there's no takeaways. In the second game, they added takeaways. So it's mm. like, do you want to add, you know, do you want to put the suppressor on, but it's going to 
drop your mobility or do you want to add this extended magazine but it's going to up your reload time and like various things like that pretty obvious takeaways the some of the attachments in cold war still have they have that same dynamic so it's like you can add it's one of the suppressors and i want to say it it keeps you off the map and it adds range but it increases recoil it increases specifically horizontal recoil, which is the hardest to control because vertical recoil, you can just pull down on the thumbstick or the mouse and you can mostly mitigate it. But there's a, a grip at the front that fully negates that. But then you have the counterbalance of, well, I can't use any of the other grips. So it's there's definitely a lot more direct thought into it for me as opposed, because I never went into Modern Warfare and just like, all right, so I get three frames if I do this attachment, but I only get two frames if I do this attachment. Like, I didn't do that. I, I read about people who did, and I wouldn't, you know, base my opinion off of the things that they did. But in the in the Cold War Alpha, I sat there thinking, like, so if I have, if I drop my sprint out time on this SMG, then, you know, my ADS might be worth it, but, you know, my sprint to fire isn't going to be very good. And thinking player, not a good player, but a thinking player, like, that's something that I have to take into account. So the gunsmith aspect of this alpha, I have really enjoyed. Now, was it just multiplayer, or was there any story that you got to play? This was just multiplayer. I am, okay. They did a campaign mission teaser earlier this week. It looked so good. You're back. You're. I think I want to say it's Alex Mason is the one from the Cold War era. I'm trying. I get I get confused because I love Black Ops Two. Black Ops Two is probably my favorite vote or my vote for best Call of Duty game, bar none. Uh, but the problem that confuses me is because you play as Mason in two different eras. So you play as I think it's Alex Mason in the Cold War and someone else in like 2030, and you're just kind of like in the future but also the past, and it's a really weird dynamic. That is weird. Yeah, but Woods is there. A guy who look he's got to be Robert Redford, right? You've seen the the campaign trailers. Yeah, that guy's hundred percent Robert Redford. I believe so. Uh, he is. I don't know if he's on the mission with you or if he's. I've only seen him in cutscenes, but I'm I'm so excited for this game. I was probably going to get it anyway. Like it was it was like a ninety percent purchase for me, and it's going to be tricky because I'm moving to PC. That's going to be my first Call of Duty PC game, and I'm intimidated by that. Well, very good. Well, you'll have to keep us updated on that. I don't know if that's one that I will eventually get. I mean, the story sounds very interested to me, but I'm not one. I'm not much for multiplayer. I kind of like a, a campaign type of thing better. Yeah. So I might get it just for the campaign, or I might wait a little while until. Oh, absolutely. I would absolutely possibly goes on sale. Yeah, I would also recommend doing that for Modern Warfare 2019. Okay. Its campaign is very strong. So I might do that. Cool. You'll have to keep us updated. I will. I. I'm surprised I was able to say that many words. I feel a little lightheaded right now. So for <laughs> anyone breathing. who just like put that on the 1.5 speed and heard me talk like a chipmunk, I don't blame you. Well, okay. So we talked about something good. Now <laughs> let's jump into this. So this week, John and I are reviewing Fant Four Stick from 2015 or what others might say Fantastic Four from 2015. The worst part is as soon as you said Fant Four Stick, I knew exactly what you meant. It's very <laughs> upsetting. It's it's ridiculous. That annoys me more than anything else about this movie. Oh, really? Cuz there are a lot of things that annoy me about this movie. Uh, well, yeah, I mean there's a lot, but that 
to just to kick it off that's how it's yeah labeled I, I i watched this with my son i i kept saying all right you ready to watch fant four stick and he would he goes yeah i guess so and then he kept looking at it and he goes oh the four is supposed to be an a yeah and i was like i was about to yeah, say for, except it doesn't for clarification for for listeners who might not know why we're being finicky about this one very specific thing um <laughs> So the, the name of the movie, the name of the, the team the movie is about, is the Fantastic Four. They're known as the first family of Marvel mm-hmm. with Reed and Sue. They're these, like, pinnacle Marvel comic book characters. And That's they've right. never been in a good movie. So they were in two movies in the... What do you what do we even call that decade? The aughts? Because that just sounds dumb. I don't the, know. the 2000s? Yeah, it was just the early 2000s. Yeah. With uh, Chris Evans, who we Chris all Evans. we all now uh, know and love and appreciate as Captain America, yep. uh, Jessica Alba, Michael Chiklis from The Shield, and a guy whose name I don't know how to pronounce because it's a lot of vowels in a row and British. Is he British or is he Welsh? He could. If it's got a lot of vowels, it might be Welsh. Because if you have ever uh, looked at that language, ha, it is. I was right to question that he is Welsh. Because if you've ever seen that language, there are so many letters that just don't make sense. I want to just call it, I want to just say Ian, Ian Grufford, but there's an O in there and there should never be an O in Ian. We'll just say Ian. I first saw him, he was in uh, King Arthur as Lancelot. King Arthur. With Clive Owen, Keira Knightley, 2004. Oh yeah. Again, not a good movie, but enjoyable. No. So he was Lancelot in there and then from that I remember him as, as Mr. Fantastic and those movies... The new movie, Fantastic, uh, makes me appreciate those movies very much more. Right? They were very. The originals were very campy, very cheesy, but they weren't awful. They just weren't the best. Yeah. They were kind of. They were some of the first superhero movies that we got. Uh, I know it yes was. Yes and no. It was like after X Men and right after Spider Man. Spider Man, I think, the... was two thousand three. X-Men was in the late 90s, and Blade was also in the late 90s. So we got that Fantastic Four, and then we got Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. I want to say Silver Surfer came out after the MCU started. I want to say it came out after... Really? I want to say it came out after Iron Man. I could be wrong. I'm open to being Possibly. Wrong. I don't... No, I don't it was, Rise of the Silver Surfer is 2007, Iron Man is 2008. Just on the precipice. <laughs> Hello? Somebody is coming in the door. It's, it's not the cat because the handle actually turned. Your cat could have talent. I don't know. We call it Fantastic because they marketed the logo or the title of the movie in a very like stylized. We'll make it cool, and it's not. So the marketing was just very poor. The four was supposed to be an A for Fantastic, but it just doesn't look like an A. It looks like a four. So yeah. It just didn't work very well. But this movie came out in 2015. Uh, The main cast was Michael B. Jordan as the Human Torch, Kate Mara as Susan Storm, Miles Teller as Mr. Fantastic, and Jamie Bell as The Thing. And then, of course, Toby, I think Kebble is how you say his last name, as Uh, Dr. Doom. I'm in. Um, Tim Blake Nelson was also in there. What do I know him from? Well, he, he's been in lots of things. He was in uh, oh, Holes. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? He was Delmar. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah. He was also in um, The Incredible Hulk. That's weird. That's weird. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's two Marvel movies that 
he's been in that came out as trash, yeah, in my I'm opinion. Not, I'm not going to disagree with that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, wow. So, I had a I had a list of things, and I misplaced my list, but it was some things that were pretty obvious. Yeah, that just kind of stood out. I think I think it's appropriate to give a quick history about this movie because we're going to tear it apart. I mean, I think yeah. that's I think you can tell when just we by were <laughs> when we were figuring out what to review for this episode. Jay and I were talking, and I said, "Jay, it's been a while. Um, we should destroy something. We should find something that is just abysmal and watch it and talk." Like we have not torn something apart in a very long time. I would say we're, we ha- we might not have ever torn anything apart the way we're going to do to this movie. No, nothing like this. So I'm very excited because <laughs> it gets kind of old exclusively watching good things. Just a quick history about this movie. This is a movie that unfortunately went through a lot of director changes during the middle of filming. It, I think it happened three times. I'm not completely sure about that. Uh, I know it happened at least twice, but I think there was a third director by the end of it. I pulled up the film's Wikipedia page because that should tell me. But um... it's pretty obvious. And so each director wanted to go a different direction. It's very clear that that's exactly what happened. And so it's very unfortunate. And so one of the things that I wanted to start out with, because I thought I should at least start out with a positive before we completely tear it apart. And the positive to me was I thought the acting wasn't that bad. It's just the direction they were given, I feel like really hurt the movie a lot i i don't disagree with that on principle i think the actors in it are very talented i think it's impossible to watch this movie and see some of the interact like they do too much world building with some things and not enough with others so like the dynamic of johnny and sue as siblings there's no like set up there like what type of history do they have what type of sibling <laughs> relationship do they have your There's first no explanation your first introduction to johnny he's like street racing with these like 90s piece of junk cars and his explodes and he crashes into a pole and breaks his arm and then the next scene his arm is fine they never bring that up again like he walks into the he walks into the lab he has his arm in a sling in a cast, and then he says, "Hey, man, you need some help." And he goes over to help, and then the very next scene, it's gone. Yeah, and never shows up again. Is never talked about again. Well, they even they even reference it in the scene, Victor. So it's a pretty standard Fantastic Four origin movie, right? The 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 four. Well, actually, the four of them in this instance are Reed. Johnny, Sue, and Victor. Ben is not right. in the picture yet. Not yet. Um, and Victor makes the comment of like, oh yeah, what can he do with a broken arm? And then the next scene, it is fine. I would, because there was no like, there was no, um, you know, three months later, there was no like dumb Mm-mm. passage of time knowledge. It was like, no. it could have been 30 minutes later for all we know. And there, no cast, no nothing. Nothing. And like you said, never referenced again. And it was in instances like that where you, in your, 
knowing that there were director changes in the back of your head to, for me anyway i went okay that must have been a director change like that cut right there must have been somebody else took over and cut something else in so i don't know very interesting <laughs> and then but there's just to me there was just glaring stuff just like that happened and you're like what is going on how did they not like during the editing you yeah. know the editors had to be like just pulling their hair out like this is driving me insane it's going to be so obvious to people that this is different you know yeah so it's also one of the things that i i very much questioned about this movie is the the casting of the fantastic four so in the, at the time 2015 who is really the star of the four of them right so think back five years ago the the one that jumps out to me the most is kate mara yeah only because of like house of cards exactly so the the dyna- the the demographics don't overlap that much yeah michael b jordan at that point had he been in creed yet he had been in I, I... same year so i don't know okay they were both 2015 he had been in fruitvale station um which is a movie i want to see but I haven't seen it. Miles Teller had been in Whiplash, which is a movie I've heard of. That's really it. Divergent was 2015. No, Divergent was 2014. So that's that was his thing. Kate Mara. I So I first saw Kate Mara in Shooter, which apparently came out all the way in 2007. And that hurts me a little bit. You feel um, old yet? I mean, old is relative. Is, is something <laughs> that I've discovered across the years. That's so uh, long ago. So... The guy who played Ben Grimm, I didn't even recognize this because uh, he has so little screen time as himself and not the thing. Uh, he was Edgar in Snowpiercer. Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't. Okay. So Snowpiercer is a movie we watched previously. You know, you've heard the episode. And we did not recognize <laughs> the mutual star of these movies. That's, That's a problem. Sad. That's sad. That's a problem. <laughs> well, he spent so much time as a rock that you just and the yeah okay. So I Man, really where I do really you do even think, begin? Yeah, I think of the four of them, it's probably Kate Mara is the the highlight as far as 2015 goes. Now in with 2020 vision, uh huh, <laughs> it's obviously Michael B. Jordan. He has skyrocketed uh, since then. Yeah, but there's just there's no star power in this cast as far no. as 2015 goes. The the villain we don't even know how to say his name, so that's kind of a problem. Victor Von Doom. The, I just I have so many problems with this movie. So let's start at the beginning. So I, I just want to say it starts out, and at first I'm thinking, okay, this movie might actually be pretty good. It, it, I think it started out with some pretty positive stuff. So it starts out with Reed, and he's in grade school, and he's very interested in science. Brilliant mind. He's already started to figure out some really interesting things, like how to teleport things from one place to another. The reference was even made in the classroom where one of the kids is like, beam me up, Scotty, you know, just to poke fun at the kid. His best friend, who happens to be the thing, uh, Ben is his best friend sitting behind him and he's very interested in, in what he has to say. And so it starts out, you know, you kind of see their their friendship blossom and it's really cool. 
then it jumps to high school where they're clearly two actors that are not high school age at all. It was a original Spider-Man feel where you have these 20-somethings playing high school students. Okay, so I have I have their IMDb's pulled up right now. The movie came out in 2015. Miles Teller played Reed Richards. He was 28. Michael B. Jordan played Johnny Storm. He was 28. Jamie Bell played uh, Ben Grimm. He was 29. Kate Mara <sighs> played Sue. She was 32. Oh, gosh. So... Jamie, so Reed and Ben are still, Ben is still one of these kids who's clearly just riding on the coattails of Reed, just happens to be at the right place at the right time. I will say, I I do want to interject here, not maliciously, he is riding his coattails, but in the sense of like, I feel like he helps when he can. Right. No, you're, you're right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that he's like, yeah, he's not using him. Yeah. I mean, he, they really are friends and he really is contributing where he can. Yeah, you're right. But a lot of his successes you can tell are probably because of reed yeah which i mean canonically works so they're at a science fair and they successfully teleport one thing uh, a, a little toy plane disappears and then reappears and the teacher is not impressed says it's a science ex- i mean a magic, a magic show magic yeah. trick and uh and then all of a sudden sue and her dad show up happen to be at this science fair i would like to say take a second and talk about what a turd that teacher is (laughs) oh my gosh and why it hurt me so much because of how incredibly believable that scene is yeah not believable in the sense of like there's a high schooler who can create a matter teleporter because i don't (laughs) want to believe that's true um but the fact that there are teachers who don't see potential when it's smacking them in the face yeah and it's like clearly there is something here that is no longer here and clearly there is something that is no longer here that is back i'd lose my mind and he didn't even like he was disqualified from a high school science fair that's mind-blowing and uh so somehow sue and her dad just happened to be there mysteriously um, and never explained and they're super impressed and they're like oh, wow, you were able to bring the toy plane back. We haven't been able to do that yet. And Reed's like, huh? And then they're like, yeah, you're awesome. Do you want to join our team? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then next scene, he's moving into this big building in the middle of New York. The Baxter Institute. which you're like, are you still in high school? Have you graduated now? What's going on? Yeah. How old is Sue? Is Sue an adult and has a crush on a high school student? Never clarified. What's going on? Never clarified. <laughs> what is going on? How much time has passed? What is happening? Uh, Yeah, that was another huge so, problem there. So they perfect. So independently, the the Storms, which would be, what is, what is his name? Uh, Franklin. Oh, right. Franklin. Of course, his name's Franklin. The reason I say, of course, is, again, in the comic books, Reed and Sue have a child named Franklin. Franklin Richards is one of the most powerful entities in the Marvel Universe. So I feel like I don't know if Sue's dad's name was actually Franklin or if that's just kind of a shout out to what could have been um, because the idea of Franklin Richards in the movie scares me because he's, you know, omnipotent theoretically um so franklin richards basically like he, he brings him in they've been working on this same project for like 10 years 
separately. But instead of sending a Hot Wheels car and a toy plane, they decide to send a chimp. So they get that squared away, they send the chimp, uh, they bring the chimp back, and everything's fine. The government gets involved, they witness the teleportation, and they say, we can weaponize this, because of course they can. And <laughs> so Victor, Johnny who apparently don't like each other, but is never explained. Reed and Victor and, and Sue apparently at one time had a thing. Or Victor wanted them to have a thing. Yes. Again, never explained. The The character histories between all of these people never explained, and that's very bothersome because there's conflict that we don't understand. So and Franklin calls everybody son. Which works for the most part, to be honest with you. I think he is the best character in this movie. But it's everyone. Yeah, but it works. <laughs> he calls everyone's son i'm like dude they can't all be your children but the government comes in they say hey you know what we're gonna start working with nasa we're gonna send astronauts and reed is just like what i thought we were going we were going to go so reed johnny and victor all start drinking i'm not gonna say they were drunk i think reed probably was because he was a lightweight but they are mildly inebriated and reed of course calls his old friend Ben Grimm, who he hasn't seen in an indiscriminate amount of time because we don't, <laughs> we know, don't, know. We don't know how long it's been. <laughs> and they're like, I'm not going without you. And Ben's just like, what? It's like three in the morning. What are you talking about? And somehow convinces him to go into the middle of downtown New York at three in the morning Yeah, to go to this other dimension. Murphy shows up. Uh, everything that can go wrong will. <laughs> so the other planet like attacks them in a sense um zaps victor the three of them barely get back sue of course has a notification set up on her computer like oh no someone's using the quantum teleporter and, and calls her nobody dad. else in that room noticed anything no and she calls her dad because she's a snitch and <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't get there in time because of course not. So they're all frantically trying to get back and the planet is attacking uh, Ben, Reed, and Johnny. With rocks and fire. With rocks and fire. Hmm. Foreshadowing is smacking you in the face. So Sue is trying to bring them back and she tries to bring them back. They land and this wave of energy hits her and she starts fading in and out of sight because, duh, <laughs> we all know what's going to happen. Reed gets his legs crushed and he hears somebody calling for help. So he tries to pull himself out. He can't. And so he decides, I'm going to go ahead and just, I'm just going to crawl. Try to army crawl. And he starts army crawling and it's working for some reason. And then he gets over to this pile of rocks and you can hear Ben saying, help me, Reed, help me. And he's like, all right, I'll get you out of there. And then he turns around and realizes his that legs are his whole body yeah. is stretched out. And then he just passes out. Which, to be fair, is would it, happen. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Completely realistic. So he turns around. He has He's just had this traumatic event on God knows where. When I would imagine at that point he considered Victor a friend, right? They'd been working together towards this common goal, and his friend is gone, right? He thinks Victor is dead, consumed by the energy of that planet. His other... Oh, his Yo, oh, hey, can we just rewind for just a second? Why the heck does Victor think it's a good idea to put his fingers 
and some sort of glowing green alien thing. That's like the first rule of space travel. You don't touch stuff that looks like it could be dangerous. I imagine there are other rules, but that has got to be like top five. I feel like he he does that uh, for plot purposes. <laughs> oh, okay. Because thanks. like you uh, I'm like glad we got that cleared up. Well, like you said, there's no other reason to do that. Right. Yeah. And short of just being a crazy moron, like. Oh, yeah. Like his eyes roll back in his head, and he's like, I can feel the power. Very, very <laughs> Palpatine. I, just, I, I will say that is the part I enjoyed the most, was when Reed just passed out, because he crawled, and he crawled, and he crawled, and he turned back, and he looked, and he was Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> in the very next scene, he's in the in the chair, and his, his arms are about 15 feet long, and his legs that are 30 feet long. That scared me, to be honest yeah. with you, because, again, it's 2015, but I expected the visuals to be better look i mean he looked stretched which is what you want but he didn't look like comfortable which i guess is also what you want because he was being held by the government so he he, they're all just like laying there right reed is is a thousand feet long uh by force you know he is strapped down he cannot at this point you don't know if he can you know retract his his limbs or not sue is laying on her bed flitting in and out of existence i don't know how else to say that from visible to invisible yeah johnny is just on fire yep there's no way to to figure him out yet and ben is not even like a human yet like not humanoid he's just a pile of rubble because he has not extricated himself so they have the that was honestly it was very unsettling it was the, the scene of Reed like getting interrogated, but also examined, but also like trying to figure out what's going on. It's very unsettling when you again think about he's supposed to be like seventeen, maybe. Yeah, right. Because we don't know at this point. Yeah, we don't know how much time has passed. Yeah, I mean, he could be a high schooler or he could be like twenty-five. Nobody knows. You know, that was the next thing I was going to say about this movie is that it was just so dark. It was very, very dark. Not just storyline, but also just the coloring. Like every, I was about it was to say, in a terms lot of, of tone and gray, color, yeah, black and you know the 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 other the original ones uh, from two thousand. No, what did we say? Two thousand five. I think seven? so. They were much brighter, colorful. You know, they were just much more vibrant in almost every sense of the word. They were funny. They were comical. They were just. They looked like a comic book. And then... So, yeah. So, it, so it, Reed, Reed runs away for... And then it, we finally get a time stamp, and it says one year later. Which, again, was so lazy. Yeah. Of all the things that they could have used that on in this movie. So, Reed, Reed escapes and tells Ben he's going to be back, and we all believe him because he's Reed Richards, and then he never comes back. So, one year passes. We don't even know what he was doing. So oh, yeah, and apparently just... his powers allow him to transform not only his facial structure, but also his pigmentation. I would believe it, to be honest with you. Would you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Then he can just be a, a master of disguise in that sense. I mean, the facial structure made sense, but not the change his pigment color. I don't think he changed it as much as it wanted you to think he did. It was mostly his face. And even if you looked hard enough, you could tell, like, yeah, that's still Miles Teller. But, you know. That's true. One, it was one year later. It was the laziest plot progression or time progression. It, just, it literally said it faded to black and said 
one year later. So the government has, by this point, not necessarily drafted Ben, but like Ben has become the U.S.'s like super weapon. So they have yeah. a, a montage of him like destroying a tank and throwing like throwing tanks. throwing a wheel through a Humvee. Yeah, like so he is he is now some type of government agent. They have video of Johnny flying and throwing fireballs and, you know, human torch stuff. And they have Sue doing force fields and being invisible. And they just kind of like, they, they establish the suits in like a throwaway sentence. Like, yeah, we have these things. And I hated that. I wanted there to be more about why we're like, how did they build the suits or how did they come up with them? And it's just like, a, oh yeah, we did a thing. Move along. And it's very yeah. upsetting because I cared a lot about how they did that also. I need to point out, and this upset me way more than it should. You know how the Hulk always has pants on? Yeah. No matter what happens, he has, like, magic elastic pants. Yeah. The Thing has no pants the entire movie. He's just like a Ken doll down there. (laughs) Yeah. Like. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff they didn't explain. But they also kind of, like, hide that when they can. So it's like, you know sometimes he's a Ken doll some like how does that work i don't yeah, i don't get I don't it know. so it's been a year uh ben hates reed now so they they rightfully so i mean i don't blame him but yeah it's just he la- said he'd it, be back and he never came back it's lazy character development it is so they enlist sue that's the word i was looking for earlier enlist uh they enlist sue to help find reed because as we previously established uh, she finds patterns, and she needs music, and it's just so. Bleh. I need my music. I need. I need it. But at the same time, I can't say anything it because helps I'm the me focus. I can't say anything. I'm the same way. Very monotone. <laughs> I I wrote like every paper in college listening to music. So well, there. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the you know, and, and then even then, I, I don't know. It's just the the tone of this movie and just everybody was so flat. The characters were flat. There wasn't any, you know, they had, in my opinion, they had this up up and coming talent and they just didn't do anything with it. And so it was just very boring. Yeah. Um, and, and things, it's kind of like what you said, like things just kind of moved along because that's what the plot demanded. Yeah. It wasn't like nothing happened. Nothing organically. was, com- nothing was compelling in this movie. No. Except- and then on top, and and then even like when they went back to to rediscover this planet with actual, do you have a blanket? I do. <laughs> it's a weird. It's a weird compulsion I see, thing. I have always. I see I John just blankets. lean back and pull up a blanket. It, it, you know, I mean, even when they went back to the planet, you know, the 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 parallel universe or whatever it was, they didn't really even explain that very much either. They call it planet. Um, they call it planet zero. Uh, that's because right. that's how much faith they had in this movie. <laughs> uh, they were rating their own movie when they, <laughs> so they uh, they go back to this planet just to rediscover it, you know, and do it the right way instead of in a drunken, maddening, a maddening drunken state. They did it the right way, and um, you know, because I mean, what's going to happen when you leave a couple of high schoolers with a giant? science experiment that can take you to space i mean of course you're gonna you know do something ridiculous with it yeah duh what did they think was especially when they made them suits like why do you not lock that thing up yeah you know well i mean put a passcode that only franklin has how how could you put a passcode that again canonically 
two of the most brilliant minds on earth could not figure out. That's true. That, because I mean, that's a Victor, good point. Victor and Reed, canonically, are ludicrously intelligent. But at least they would have had to have put some effort into that. Probably not. I mean, did you see how the rest of this movie went? So then they go back to this planet. They Victor just, after a year, has survived. And it's like, the planet kept me alive. Gave me all this power. And boy, does he have power. He can just blow up people just by looking at them. He can <laughs> move you, planets. Have you seen Accepted? No. So it's this like again the same era as the the original fantastic four movies with justin long and i think jonah hill was in it too there's a guy in there and his whole thing he goes i want to learn how to blow uh stuff he does not say stuff i want to learn how to blow stuff up with my mind that's what i thought of when when (laughs) doom comes back because he's not even doom in the sense of from the earlier movies when he's still like a person but you know he's crazy um he's not even really a person his suit has fused to his body He's basically Metallo, the Superman yeah. villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's nothing really human about him anymore. You know, he doesn't have a mask, which is a big part of, of Doom in the comics, in my opinion. Um, he just, like, he's just a metal person walking around with glowing green eyes and can do theoretically anything. Yeah. It's not very I mean, established what he can do, except it is as established. As far as we can tell. He... he jfk some people um, oh yeah he'll Big just time. be walking down a hallway and they're just like a splatter behind their head and they just like yeah, they're like he, he water balloons them. yeah yeah <laughs> again it just felt very lazy yeah it felt very it, it just there's no they explanation them back yeah. because they needed the plot to move yeah we finally get the 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 main villain of the whole movie the main villain, the Sky Beam. Oh, I was which... gonna say, I was gonna say Fox Studios. <laughs> the Sky Beam, which apparently was the worst villain in the world for pretty much all of the 2010s. I mean, you got Avengers, Iron Man, Fantastic Four, Suicide Squad. <laughs> There's just I mean, so many. At movies. some point, the Power you, Rangers movie. You got to start pulling for the Sky Beam. Skybeam. So the sky. Talk about the skybeam. So Victor kills everyone, including Franklin, uh, which is again such a cop out thing. He kills the beloved father figure, um, and before he dies, so he's he's killed everyone else instantly, right? Everyone else instantly dies, just dead. But Franklin Storm, the one person he has history with, he blasts him, and Franklin lives long enough. To what he it was some dumb campy line, yeah. Like, like, look out for each other. Yeah. So his dying Defend breath. Each other. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like it's 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 almost Mufasa but worse. Like remember who, who you, you are. are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's the that's the thing going into the into the climactic fight. First of all, I have some problems with that because Ben has just brought back Reed from Central America, and he hates him. Burning Passion hates him. Yeah. And, like, two scenes later, there's a Code Red at Area 57, which is apparently six areas better than Area 51. And <laughs> yes, I forgot I wrote that down. Not Area 51, Area 57. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, yeah, 
everyone's dead but the four of us because, you know, the plot. plot. And all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, we have to team up and travel through the sky beam, not the device that they built that they know works to transport people to the other dimension. We have to fly into the sky beam. What? Are you kidding? And yeah. it worked? And, and, and Ben, you know, Ben forget, like, you just assume he just suddenly forgives Reed because Reed is, like, running down the hall. Ben sees him in the hall and goes, you running away again? And Reed just goes, no. And that was it. <laughs> oh, okay. We're cool. <laughs> they didn't even They didn't even say that. There was not even that amount of character development between the two no. of them. There was, was no just, response. Are you it running just... away again? And he, like, shrugged. Next scene. <laughs> yeah. They're best friends again. Yeah. Oh, man. So they tra- so. They, they fly into the sky beam because Sue can make force fields, which is a known invisible woman ability, but she can use those force fields to fly, which I was not 100% on. I feel like I feel like she could do that, but I'm not 100%. I don't, re- I don't recall her ever doing that in the comics, but... Maybe that's a new thing. But anyway, the thing that bothered me about this, they fly the path of the sky beam from Earth to planet zero out of 100 on Rotten Tomatoes. The three, So Sue, um, Reed, and Ben are in the force field, but Johnny isn't. No, and he doesn't get hurt at all. Do you want to know what fire needs You know, on, on Earth? Fire needs oxygen. And do you want to know what there's not in space? Oxygen. And you want to know what it's never established that there is on Planet Zero? Because to this point, they've only existed in suits that you would wear in an environment you don't know. Oxygen. Oxygen. So the four of them land on Planet Zero to, after traveling through whatever that was, the sky beam. They land there, not in the protective suits. Never established that they could do that. It made sense for Victor because the planet kept me alive. Whatever. <laughs> and they're just like, okay, yeah, we have to fight him. And they do the classic team up. where yeah, taking turns, punching take, him in the face. Taking turns, trying to hit him. And uh, and who is it? I want to say it was Johnny. Johnny goes, we he's stronger than us. and He's stronger than us individually. But together. But not, toge- but not together. Golly. <laughs> like what 12 year old wrote this movie yeah and right actually to make you upset i pulled up the fil- the filmography of the writer you ready oh boy this dude wrote mr and mrs smith which is not a okay. bad movie but it's not known no. for its dialogue he wrote the first sherlock holmes which is with robert with, downey jr which is known for its dialogue yes that's a great movie he created Star Wars Rebels, a show that we me? love, a show that we love. And, and this is what he cranked out? <laughs> and he wrote X-Men The Last Stand, he wrote Days of Future Past, he wrote Apocalypse, and he wrote Dark Phoenix. And he oh. wrote this pile of cinematic garbage. Was Dark Phoenix even any good? Uh, no. So well, maybe he re- just kind of... Reportedly, I haven't seen it. But he's Apocalypse just kind of trailed good. off. I was going to say he wrote every X-Men movie since Last Stand, but he does not have a writing credit for First Class, which is the best one since X2. Well, to end up to end this movie, they get their own base. They go to you know, they they're basically sitting in front of the 
U.S. military, and the U.S. military is like, hey, we want to use you, and they're like, nah. Nah, bro. We're, we're good. We got this. Which is such a power play, and I yeah. loved it. Because they're like, and, uh, assuming we're all on the same page here, and read who they have accepted as their spokesperson, despite the fact that they all hated him 45 seconds ago. (laughs) And so they get their new base. They go to this new base. They're like, oh, yeah, man, this is awesome. It's so big. And they name it. I can't even remember what they name it. Central City. Oh, that's right. Was it, was that supposed to, I don't, so I don't know a whole lot about Fantastic Four comics. I don't either. Um, but I know the only location that I know and associate with the Fantastic Four is the Baxter Building. Yeah. In downtown New York. And the fact right. that that was not where they are, I mean, it, it ticked me off, but it completely made sense. Because you want to know what happened to the last place they were based out of? It's a giant canyon from where the space laser was. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe let's not put them in one of the largest metropolitan areas on the continent. So at this point, they have never said any of their names. They have never said The Thing. They have never said Mr. Fantastic. They've never said uh, Human Torch. Or Invisible Woman. Or Invisible Woman. And then all of a sudden, they start saying their superhero names because they're like, hey, we're a group. What are we going to call ourselves? My favorite was Michael B. Jordan's, where he says, let's just call us the Human Torch and the Torchettes. I would have been okay with more if they had actually, at some point in the movie, other than the ending, had called him the Human Torch. But they never do yeah, that. they waited until the end. I feel like this is this is the thing comic book movies fell into in the wake of the MCU being a runaway success. It was assumed that every comic book movie would be good. Uh-huh. And because of that assumption, it was, again, assumed that there would be multiple movies. Like, there was a planned sequel for this that got canceled. And that's why I think they waited so long to do stuff like that, is because they didn't assume they only had one movie. They were probably thinking longer picture, and they were like, yeah, we'll address some of this stuff in the in the second movie. After we've, you know, already destroyed the best villain the fantastic four have in 10 minutes good gracious so they they end up they team up and they they one of the best one of the best villains in the whole mcu honestly absolutely i would agree with that and they just they just punched him into the sky laser and he disintegrated and that was that and he's just gone i know he would have he would have come back somehow for the sequel they would have comic booked a way to bring him back but it ends and like you said yeah, we'll be the Human Torch and the Torchettes, or uh, what? What even were the other ones? That was clearly uh, superior. Yeah, there. I mean, there were some good. I can't remember off the top of my head, but there were some good ones. And then, of course, the thing is like kind of looking around and says, "You know, this is pretty fantastic." And then Reed is like, "Say that again. That's pretty fantastic." He's like, "Hey guys, I got a name for our group. The and then it just and then cuts credits." Off. And it says Fantforstick. Oh my gosh, what is happening? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't even sit through and see if there was an after or a mid I didn't even wait for a mid credit scene. The credits started I rolling and I closed Disney Plus. Yep. Which is where we watch this movie. We didn't even lead with where you can watch this movie. We don't <laughs> want you to watch this movie. Save, we, save your time. We watch this so you don't like have us. to. 
We watch this so you don't have to. If you're on Disney Plus wanting a movie to watch, watch The Princess Bride. We talked about it last episode. We love that movie. It's beautiful. <laughs> this is not that. Good luck storming the castle. Even that scene would have made this movie better. <laughs> like if it was if you just took that scene from Princess Bride, lifted it, put it into the scene when they fly into the space laser. Have fun storming Planet Zero. Do you think they can do it? It would take a miracle. Like, yeah, even that would make this dumb, terrible movie better. Yeah. So now we need to come up with some type of rating scale. I, I think we should rate it on planets. Um, how many How many planets do you give this movie? How many planets do I give this movie? Um, I give this uh, Planet Zero uh, <laughs> out, of, out of ten. I give it one planet only because I do have a little bit of pity on the poor actors that had to be in this movie. You know what? I'll I'll, I'll change. I give this one planet, uh, preferably not Earth, so we can send every record <laughs> of this movie somewhere else. <laughs> we can send this to Venus, where they recently found some type of evidence of evidence of life. Yeah, whatever can, that was. We can send them this, and they can leave us alone. Because they'll say, oh, they made this movie on Earth. Don't want to go to Earth. If you want to hear us destroy a movie again, please reach out to us with a bad movie and where we can watch it. <laughs> or if you have a good movie you would like us to watch and talk about. But at the but re- regardless, please reach out to us. But if you send us a movie that you like and you're worried it might be bad, please <laughs> take that into consideration. Yes, for sure, because there is a chance that we may not like There's it. There is a chance we it. might hate it. So... I it's just, all a matter of opinion, though. If you're going to reach out to us with a movie that you love, please tell us you love it, and then we'll, we'll, we'll take that into consideration. We'll take that into consideration. At the very least, we'll preference that at the beginning. Yeah, we will. <laughs> we, I feel like we will at least try to go into it saying, like, this movie is likable. I went right. into this movie thinking maybe this is a 1 out of 10, and that's about I mean, where we ended up. It's got a nine on Rotten Tomatoes, so that says oh, a out lot of, right out there. Out of ten, out of a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Out of one hundred, it's got a nine. I didn't even check the audience score. It's even, probably even lower. Even no, I could see it being higher just because it's well, never. Well, you know what. Let's just uh, let's just Google that real Critical quick. Critical response. Uh, according to Wikipedia, the film holds an approval rating of nine percent based on two hundred fifty-eight reviews, with a weighted average rating of three point four six out of ten. Okay, there you go. So that would be a thirty-four point six out of a hundred. Yeah, I I woke up at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning to watch this movie. Oh, you watched it this morning? I watched it right before. I split it up into two days. Oh, I wish I had done that. <laughs> I watched the first... I thought it was going to be longer. I watched the first hour. No. Um, it's a short on, movie. It is, on Thursday. And then when we started it up last night to finish it, there was only like 50 minutes left. Yeah. So it's not even a two-hour movie. Yeah. Well, the, it's a short movie, and the pacing of it is so questionable. I remember I checked the time on it multiple times because they didn't even have powers and the movie had gone over an hour. It's an hour and 40 minutes and over half of it, 
they are not fantastic. Well, I mean, the entire movie of it, they are not fantastic. <laughs> they're, but John, they're never fantastic. That's, yeah, that's a, a crying shame. <laughs> this movie has me wanting John Krasinski as Reed Richards in the MCU more than anything else. Well, you know, it just so makes more bad. sense. It just makes more sense to have somebody established who's going to be the leader of a superhero family. Like you want to have somebody who's got some life experience, not a high schooler. Real real talk, as the first family of the Marvel universe, you want to have someone who can be a family. Right? You, you want John Krasinski and Emily Blunt because they I mean, they act well together. They have incredible on-screen chemistry. You want to know why? Because they're married in real life. Come on. Makes sense. What are you waiting for, Marvel? Just announce John Krasinski and Emily Blunt the founding mem- as two of the founding members of the Fantastic Four. I don't even care who the other two are. Yeah. Although I will say, you know, two out of two movie Human Torches have become beloved MCU institutions. So we just need that to be three out of three. Normally, our next section would be what you doing. But uh, since we kind of already talked about that, we actually, I got a message on my Instagram from somebody. Um, She wants to be referred to as Jess. So I won't use her. She said, due to my question, I don't want my username to be on so that people can't get mad at me. And I was like, okay, this is that's a rough, understandable. This is a rough intro already. Uh, <laughs> well, she said, you know, you never know when somebody's going to be get mad oh, that, about something fair. you say. That's yeah. fair. And I was like, yeah, I completely understand. I will not use your... So she said, just refer so, to her so as Jess. Jess. Uh, but Jess had a couple questions for us. Um, the first question she had, she said, this first question is a little heavy. But I wanted to see what you and John thought about the recent cuties on Netflix and what your reaction has been to that. Well, from a moral standpoint, uh, I've refused to see the movie, uh, obviously. For those of you who don't know it, uh, Jay, could you give a, a more detailed overview, not even synopsis, just overview of what this movie is? Yeah, uh, so just real quick, for those who may not know, Cuties is a French film um, about some girls that are in middle school. I think the ages range from like 12 to, or 11 to 13, something like that. And they're, basically they start a dancing group, and they do a lot of twerking. Uh, Twerking, dancing, a lot of uh, suggestive um, things. And uh, I've heard it goes even deeper than that. There's been some really bad things that are alluded to. Uh, so it's not uh, not very positive. Uh, but what's happening is a lot of people are upset because, you know, it's just over-sexualizing uh, young girls. And uh, which is just something that we don't need right now. Um, so... There, uh, that's kind of the question. So it's a, it's a moral question, really. Yeah. Um, what do you think should happen? So I, I'm torn because I mean, with my, with my journalism background, I am staunchly anti-censorship, but from a moral perspective, I don't love this movie. And again, having, having not seen it, I can't sit here and say, you know, it's a good movie because X or it's a bad movie because Y. I can just say the 
impact that it can have on um, less desirable members of society in terms of accessibility. I don't know. I typically try to not be the the divisive one of the groups that I'm in, but I I mean. I feel like this is a stance we can all agree on. There's not really a place for for pedophilia in the world. No, no, so there's not. Now that now that I've broken that plane, I feel like this is almost not a glamorization of it because I don't imagine there are pedophiles in it, but it is almost an encouragement of it because it makes it so much more accessible. Yeah, and that's not something we as a society should be encouraging. No. So personally, from my perspective. I don't like it. And I've seen other reactions to it in the sense of kind of pushing past the, the sexualization aspect of it, which I don't know how you do that. It's like the main thing of the movie from everything I've heard. Um, but from a representation standpoint, um, in terms of like acceptance of, of yourself, your nationality, I think it's a, there's a Senegalese character who comes to grips with her heritage and... I mean, I'm all for things like that, but at the same time, if you do a pro and con, you know, is that pro worth the con of, you know, why everyone is talking about this movie? No one is sitting here talking about this movie, talking about, you know, it does incredible things for self-actualization and, you know, coming to grips with who you are and your heritage. I've seen one person talk about that. I have seen yeah. dozens of people talk about like the damage this can do so many people. So personally for me, uh, Jess, if you're still listening after this marathon episode of nonsensical rants, um, <laughs> I don't like it and I'm not yeah. going to say that it shouldn't be made um, again because I'm so staunchly anti-censorship, but I am going to be able to say, I don't think it should be promoted. I don't think it should be accessible. So if, if this was something that you wanted, which why, first of all, you know, examine yourself. Um, but you should not be able to acquire it easily. This should be a shown at an art house film place where you go to deliberately and end up on some type of registry. I don't know. Now I, uh, for me, for us, for my family, um, we did not appreciate it. Uh, for us, it was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back uh, for us with Netflix. Um, just because Netflix has been releasing a lot of stuff here recently that we don't really care for uh, in our house. And, um, you know, we, we kind of question, we're like, why, you know, why is this a thing? Why are they doing that? Plus, Netflix, I mean, honestly, it's it's a hit or miss, I mean, with all their stuff. And they have very few hits. Um, so for us, we were kind of like, you know, there's really no need for us to be keeping Netflix. So we canceled it. Now we do have like two or three shows that we really love, but at the same time, the new seasons aren't going to be coming out for, you know, a while. Like there's no hint on even like, there's no, nothing on the horizon that says, Hey, this is coming soon. So until that actually happens, you know, we'll, we'll, but you know we'll pay for that one month watch it and then cancel the subscription again so it's not something that we like in our house so we've gone ahead and canceled it now that said if you if it's something you know that's our opinion if it's something you like or something you've enjoyed or maybe even it's something you've watched completely and you think yeah this is actually a good movie 
that's fine. That's up to you. But uh, I know for us personally, we're not going to be, I mean, we're definitely not going to be reviewing it. And uh, I would say even, even if it wasn't so controversial, it is a little bit out of our uh, realm. It is. I I will say that. Yeah. But then also it just, obviously it's something that John and I both are not, you know, we're, we're not supportive of anything like that. So we're not going to be doing anything with it. So that's our opinion on that. But thank you, Jess, for that first question. That was very heavy. Did she have a second <laughs> question that was considerably lighter? Yes. The oh, good. First, she said the second one. She said uh, the second one's much more fun. Um, and the message went away. Hold on. I'm trying how to could you do that up. to us, Jay? <laughs> she said something to the effect of, she said, my second question is much, much lighter. Okay. You and John have great chemistry together, and I wanted to know how long the two of you have been friends. Well, this is awkward because we're not friends. Oh, that's very different answers. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I don't know. I'm. Let's see. We met in college, but I don't. I don't think we met my freshman year. Let's see. We were both. So I know there's a lot of people who don't know. John and I were. We both went to the same college, and we were both a part of the same uh, Christian organization on campus, and that's how we met. We I think it was one of those things where it was like, you're a nerd? I'm a nerd, too. Yeah. We we did meet freshman year. So I pulled up. We we record these remotely. We Yes, I did. We record these <laughs> remotely, and we talk. We, we video chat through Facebook's messaging system, um, so it was very easy to do. We have been Facebook friends since February of 2011, oh, which was go. spring semester of my freshman year. Okay. So we probably first met. I would assume around. sometime that fall. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember we'd go to the mill and hang out and we uh, had a class together. We did. Or we had the same class. What class? Uh, I don't know. Cause I posted to your wall that I had finished a quiz. What would I, what did I take spring semester of freshman year? Because you said, when is the test? And I said, the way he ended today, it sounded like Thursday. I'm going to get a Scantron sometime tomorrow just to be sure. So that would have been a gen egg. Did you take astronomy? Yes, that's what it was. That's what it was. Because we had the same professor, but I had a different lab instructor. Golly, this is this is a weird day. That's a, that's a very appreciated question, Jess. <laughs> but yeah, we, we have... Yeah, our friendship has been interesting because we were really, really close in college, and then we kind of f- not fell apart exactly. But I mean, it's just kind of the had the some natural disagreements on things. Well, it's the natural diaspora you have when you're part of a friend group that is just inherently close by proximity. When you're right. all in college, naturally, as you leave college, you kind of you don't have that same gravitational pull geographically. So right. as you spread back out. You know, distance is not just in terms of miles, mm-hmm. especially in this era that we are now. So the the social distance before it was popular, um, still I would say probably because you graduated a little bit before me. Yeah, I graduated a semester late, so you probably graduated like the very next semester. And then it was just kind of the natural like. We were still friends, but we weren't close proximity. Right. So, and even with the disagreements that we had, I mean, obviously, you know, bridges were mended, so. That's right. And I, you know, I think 
our our dynamic here works really well because it's like we're friends, but we're not so close that we do every single thing together. So it works out well, and and we can be uh, we can disagree amicably. Yeah, we we can yeah. disagree and be friends like we like we did with the Marvel television stances earlier. Right. Because at the end of the day, like. I mean, that that's just an opinion that we each have and that's fine it does help cool. that we agree on most things though <laughs> yeah it does <laughs> eventually we'll find a movie where we both were like we have different opinions anyway yeah thanks for the question jess uh so if you um want to have your questions answered like you jess ca- just did are you caressing your microphone I, no what are you doing i don't i don't know i just i found this thing i don't my son loves to do art projects and stuff with like trash that he finds around the house. And so there's an egg carton in here and it's been cut. And I was like, this almost looks like a scalpel, a scap, scapel, a scalpel. Did I say it right the first time? Yeah. You said scalpel. it right the first time. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, it looks like it could just cut through something, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know what was going on in my head. <laughs> that makes, that makes two of us. <laughs> Oh, man. But, uh, John, how can they get in touch with us? Well, since that was such a natural segue, and I've never done this before, if you want to reach out to us, uh, we would love to to reach or for you to reach out to us on our Facebook page. You can um, comment on any of our posts or send us a, a DM. We are at facebook.com slash they didn't ask us. Um, we try to share memes or, or various links to news or when our episodes come out. So go ahead and throw that a follow. You, I mean, you might regret it. I don't know your life. Um, <laughs> you if might you would, enjoy it. If you would rather um, send us an email, we have uh, they didn't ask us at gmail.com. We were able to get the original. No numbers or underscores or anything. We are the only they didn't ask us at gmail.com. <laughs> um, if you want to leave us a voice message, you can reach out to us on our Anchor profile at anchor.fm slash they didn't ask us. Um, and again, any anywhere that you reach out to us, let us know how you would like to be referred to on the episode. Uh, let us and, know your preference, if it's a voice message, if you want to be played or just like if you want to be included in the audio of the episode, there's a way we can do that. Or if you just want us to kind of hear and react, you know, we can do that as well. So we we love all of the audience interaction that we get. And a new way that you can follow us now too is you can follow us on Instagram. They didn't ask us. Again, with no underscores or punctu or uh, numbers, we got the original. No, they didn't ask no us. No numbers, Instagram. no punctuation, no underscore. Man, just they didn't ask us. Look at us. Yeah, we got that Instagram set up, so hopefully, uh, starting to put some stuff on there. You can follow us. Um, you can always follow me on Instagram personally. Uh, the nerd is underscore in. Uh, the underscore. You, you are not the original. The nerd is in. I, I did that on purpose, actually. Oh, well, that way it doesn't look like the nerd. Isn't. The nerd I sin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have thought about that. You yep. could have done some capitalization stuff, but you know, neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> and then you you can always find me on Twitter and Twitch at uh, jmuller8332, keeping the brand consistent. There you go. Well, we will be back with you in two weeks 
Not sure what we're going to be reviewing next. Reach out to it. We know it won't be cuties. We established that. We know it won't be that. But yeah, we'd like to hear from you if you have something you want us to review. Um, I know somebody has recommended maybe uh, The Dark Crystal, uh, which is an old Jim Henson uh, production, I I believe. I would be all for that because I've never seen it and I love the Muppets. Yeah, so, I'd be down for that. Um, I've watched it before. I really enjoy it. Uh, obviously, that might be I, one. I know the Muppets are separate from the Dark Crystal, but they're still <laughs> they're still Henson. That was my that was my logic jump. I was not saying like, yeah, I'm gonna watch the yeah. Dark Crystal because Kermit and Fozzie. Like, no, star, that's not Kermit how that works. <laughs> that would be hilarious. They should they should totally make a spoof of a the crossover. Dark Crystal using the Muppets. Oh gosh, that would be fantastic. Anyway, um, anyway, uh, so yeah, but uh, so we we want to hear from you. So reach out to us, and uh, and that's about it. I think that's all I got. You got anything else? I'm not sure we have time for anything else. We're I know I'm, I'm looking at Audacity. We are over two hours, and I don't we, love that. We are. I mean, we'll edit down some, but yeah, uh, we got a lot to listen to this week. Uh, so yeah, but join us in two weeks, and we'll have more to nonsense to fill your head with. Is that about right? Yeah, that that about sums us up. All right. Well, uh, until we see you again, nerd out. Thank you for listening to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, we would love to hear from you. You can reach the show by email at theydidn'taskus at gmail.com. Whether you just discovered our podcast or have been a long-time listener, if you enjoy what we are doing, please take a moment after the show, give us a review, and also give us a rating. Tune in next time to hear more random nerdy thoughts and opinions from your new favorite podcast.